What's up, guys? It's your host, Natasha Monique, and welcome to the Holly Melanated Podcast Show. Um, all right, I'm going to just be honest with y'all. I was talking for like five minutes, and um, somebody called me, and it messed up my whole flow. And the perfectionist in me was like, you know what? I'm just going to delete it um, because I felt like I was rambling too much anyway. <laughs> so I deleted it. So I'm going to try again. But anyway, guys, um. I'm so excited. I'm always so excited to talk to y'all. Um, see, now my flow has been really, like, thrown off. That always sucks, y'all. Like, it really does. It does. Okay. Full confession, since I'm already in that spirit because my balance has just been thrown off. Being in the position that I'm in, I am constantly called and bothered about everything. So... Over the last five years that um, I've been in this position, actually six years, it has made me an emotional, antsy, anxious, angry, hot mess. It really, 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 really has. Um, it makes me very snappy. Um, sometimes somebody will call me or reach out to me about something and I'll instantly get upset and instead of just like, hearing them out like out instantly because I'm just even before being in this position I'm just so used to being tugged at like can you help me with this can you do this and not for nothing I've allowed that because I never wanted to deal with me me as a person because I didn't know how to deal with me as a person so I would um I guess bury myself into other people's problems and trying to help them because I didn't want to deal with me you know, and um, I believe it was, uh, was it Bishop T.D. Jakes? Yes. I was listening um, to Bishop T.D. Jakes on Hey Girl. Uh, no, 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 that's wrong. Yes, girl podcast. And um, he was talking about that. One of the hosts on the podcast show was saying how um, friend, her friends can call her at any any time of the day and she's going to be there for them. And, you know, he was saying that when you are a person like that, it's because you're hiding from yourself. You're running away from yourself. And I feel like I have been running away from myself. And I feel like at 33 years old now, I am learning. At 33, like, can you imagine living all your life thinking that you know who you are, but you really don't? And that's me. That's the space that I'm in right now. You know, I thought I knew who I was. And it's like now I'm really learning who I am. And it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. And it's like sometimes I just have to take a deep breath and just remove myself from everything that's around me. And today I actually took the day off because it was one of those days. I got up and I went for a run and I'm really starting to get into that. I'm running normally, well, I'll just say this growing up when I was really interested in track and field, I was a sprinter. And um, that's because I just wanted to get it done. Like I was fast, boom, boom, that's it. My wind was just not for nothing else. It just wasn't. And maybe if I would have been consistent with it and trained, I would have been prepared um, you know, to do those things, but I just really wasn't in track and into track and field like I, I should have been. And my mom and dad didn't really push it. So I was just a sprinter. That's it. And 
when I stopped doing it, I stopped doing it. But what I'm learning about people who actually run, like who get up in the morning and jog or who does like marathon running, like that takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of discipline. And so I'm learning that and I'm starting to love it. Like I'm starting to look forward to getting up. I'll, I'll find a playlist and, um, Right now, I'm into the whole ATL playlist right now. So I am getting so many songs that I heard all throughout college. And it is making me laugh. It is making me dance. It is making me tear. All of this while I'm running. Like, all of it while I'm running. I'm seeing older men run. And I'm trying to more run behind them and keep up with their pace. Because I'm like, they older. I don't know how long they've been doing this. I don't care. But they're inspiring me. So, you know, I'm really, like, starting to get into just getting up and really getting active and moving. Because... Growing up in inner city, I, you know, I didn't run, you know, you know, like you don't run when you grow up in neighborhoods like that. So, um, I'm really getting that, into that space of wanting to do so, you know, cause I would feel so self-conscious about that. Like, oh my God, do I look crazy to people in my neighborhood if I'm running around, you know, jogging, but that's the problem. Like we worry so much about what others think about us and it's like, who cares if you look weird to people, you know, I know we used to just running cause we dodging bullets, but it don't always have to be that way. So I got my butt up and I've been running so far. I probably ran like five or six times and each time I'm getting better. Um, the first day I did it, it was like, wow, I was so proud of myself because whenever I would like feel myself about to lose my breath, I would just walk, but I would power walk and I would dance. So no matter what was on, I would just dance. And the type of personality I have, although I may be very outgoing, I am also an introvert and I can be very awkward. <laughs> like I really can. So I don't really like to all that dancing and stuff that I do. Like I won't just randomly bust out dancing. Like I love people who have those personalities, but for me, like I don't do that. It has to really be like in the setting where we're in the club. And I have to, I'm not going to lie to you now at this age, I have to drink. I really have to be drinking and get a buzz in order for that personality to come out. Growing up, I was not like that. Growing up, I would just bust out into dance. My mom would call me um, when I was like 14 or 15. I'd be like with my friends, and they'll be like at my aunt house playing music. And my younger cousins would be like, we a bad old touch. You know, we'd be behind dancing. And my mother would be like, all right. And she'd call me up when I was phone. <laughs> house for wherever I was at and I'll come and I'll met my cousins and you know back then I was like that but you know as you get older like you know you don't do all of that um so as I got older like I I kind of you know I just didn't I mean I danced in college too and in college I didn't drink like that I, I didn't drink until I was able to drink which was 21 um and then I got turned up but um from 18 to 21 I just I just love dancing. So when we'd be at these parties, I'd just be getting right, you know. And then me and my dance group, we had bad weather girls. Like, what? Just don't tell me to do no splits. Just going to win. Because I don't know how to do that. But um, <laughs> as I got older, you know, I just, I kind of like chilled out a little bit. But that dance spirit was still just always in me. Sometimes um, I'll like go on YouTube and I'll watch a whole bunch of Sierra videos and just be like, oh, like, take me back. Like, um. And I'm trying to get back into that because one thing I am learning is that I, I was really losing myself and who I was. And um, being in a position I was in for so long, it consumed so much of me that I stopped living. Like I talk about my job almost every single day. And now that I'm aware of that, I can imagine how annoying I must be to some people to just constantly talk about work. Like my work is just like, and now that I'm just in this space and I'm transitioning. Yeah. There's a lot of things I want to do differently. So that's why I have to get back to me 
and work on me. So there's a separation, you know, when I punch out, that's it. I don't want to talk about it, you know, and it's hard because living in, in the town and, and, and working in that town and having family that have kids in the program and have people that I grew up with with kids in the program, it's hard. Everywhere I go, I miss Tasha. And, you know, it's it's cool because I know for, it's a respect thing for a lot of my parents, but it's still so overwhelming. It is. It, I'm not going to lie to you. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of, you know, what I've accomplished being in, in, in this position. You know, I brought our numbers up. I got my parents to come out to, to a lot of things. And, you know, that family strengthening is really what I I really push for because, I know for a lot of us, our parents work a lot, and they, and you know, for us growing up, our parents worked a lot, so we can have, you know, so we can have nice things, and so I wanted to be able to, as much as I can, allow uh, this platform for um, parents to come and just see their kids be great, and for kids see their parents, for for my kids to see their parents be great, because we did a lot of shows where you know, um, not even just shows that like we had a lot of activities with staffers and parents, and you know, it was just so much that I really put my heart and soul in to build this program to what it is today. But once I became a mother, I realized that it's time for me to gracefully bow out. So um, soon and very soon, I will be moving on to a whole different challenge in life. Um, I will keep you guys posted. Right now, I'm still at Safe Haven and we still rocking out, but... I know it's 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 time. It's time because I dive so much into this um position that it started to jeopardize my relationship with my partner because all I talked about was this program and I didn't have anything left for him or for myself and for my baby. So, you know, I'm getting to that space where, you know, it's really time to move on. Um but back to running. Running is really saving my life because it's it's helping me think, you know, like I'm thinking about all these things now because I run, you know, and um when I was when I when I am running, I feel good. I feel good. Like sometimes I'll run in a sports bra. I have on like four because the way these breasts set up, but I feel good. I feel good running. Like I feel beautiful running. I don't care that, you know, I got my mom rules going on and I still got my little puffy little C section stomach. It's not really big. It's really shrinking and I have my waist beads. Um that my good girlfriend Tina actually sells at um check her out on um Instagram Loving My Style Inc. And um her waist beads are amazing. Whenever I feel like I'm eating too much, they dig into my skin to let me know the beads cut into my skin. And so I'm loving this body. It's transforming and I'm sculpting and I'm working with my partner. I take his classes on Saturday and Sundays. I know it's frustrating for him because we're around each other every day. So um, I don't ask him to personally train me, but I do participate in his classes on Saturday and Sunday as much as I can. We have Bakari outside with us. So, you know, once Bakari get a little too much, I'll just take him off and Bakari and I'll do our own workout together. So, um, and I'll hold him on my, I'm not gonna lie to y'all, on my waist. I'll hold my son. I'll let him straddle my waist and I'll be up on them steps um, working out getting high knees on by any means necessary, you know? So, um, I feel beautiful. I really do. I, I really do. I, I feel myself transforming. I had a therapy session yesterday and, you know, even she said to me, like, do you want to switch seats? You want to sit there and not sit there? Because I'm having so many breakthroughs just by 
getting up and getting active just by doing something that makes me happy. And that's running and exercising and dancing, you know, like it, I feel good. And I'm gonna keep saying it. I feel good. If it's important that as black women, as women, period, that you feel good. I don't care what color you are. When you're a mother, it's a lot on you. It's a lot on you. And although my partner doesn't, he does a phenomenal job with our son. Bakari is Oh my God, he's a beautiful human, just like his dad. He is a beautiful human, just like his dad. He really is. Um, But as his mother, I felt like it has been tough. You know, it has really been a tough journey for me. Having him and the cord being wrapped around his neck and my baby fought. He fought. He He was gray when he came out and he was cold. And my baby is a fighter. When I when I woke up the next morning when he was in the room with us, after they took him from under the lamp, he was in the NICU. And that's where they put babies who are underweight because they're preemies. And the nurses would joke because Bukhari was so much bigger than the other babies. He's eight pounds. Um, and so when they brought him back in the room with us, just for that little moment for him to hang out with us and for my colostrum to start coming down so I can feed it to him, um, I woke up and I looked up and he was looking right at his mommy. He was looking at me. He knew exactly who I was. And his little arm, his right arm actually was sticking out. They had him swaddled. But the way my baby set up, like, no bondage for me. (laughs) My baby was born pro-black. His little hand was, like, sticking out his little swaddle blanket. And he was just looking up at me. And I was looking at him. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm somebody's mother. And I was in so much pain. It was it was so much pain to have him. And I, I'm not going to lie, I regret getting that epidural. I, I, I Yeah, because when it rains, oh my God, my back. Even now, my back still hurts. I get so much tension in my back. Um, sometimes my legs will give out um, on me. But, and I wanted a water birth, but when the cord and the, and the pooping and the, it was a struggle for me and my baby. It definitely was. Um, and then I went into the whole postpartum. It, it was a lot. And when somebody is already suffering from anxiety and depression, oh man, postpartum just, it just made it even crazier for me. I even found myself addicted to Oxycontin for a week. Um, they gave me Percocets and everything for the pain. But when I left, they gave me Oxycontin and I weaned myself off of it because I do have addictive behavior. I do. And I recognize that. Um, so I knew like, I did not want to be that person just on maternity leave all six months, just numbed up on, um, Oxycontin because it's not a good feeling. But, um, one week postpartum just was like kicking my ass. Like financially we were doing okay, but our funds were started to be depleted. And, um, cause I, you decided to stay home as well with me, with Bakari and we were making it work, but the funds were starting to deplete. And so I was stressed out and I was feeling like a horrible mother. I was feeling like, oh my goodness, like I should have saved more for it. And, you know, I mean, you can't be fully prepared. Like you, you, you really can't be like, I mean, you can, but you can't financially. I could have done a little better, but you just not, you can't prepare for what's to come with becoming a mother. And so I was really depressed and I was taking oxy and, you know, I couldn't eat. So it was like, when you take pills, and you don't eat anything, it'll fuck up your stomach. So it was like I was just walking around the house in circles while Bukhari was napping. I was just walking around the house in circles. I was just out of it. I was so out of it. And um, I'm so thankful that I climbed out of that. I am. But just 
these this last year. Like, you know, I don't have the postpartum anymore, but the anxiety and depression and just being in this position that I'm in, um, quote unquote, the at school and summer camp principal, it wore me out. It really did. It wore me out. And um, I'm so happy to say I don't feel the way I felt a year ago. Especially with the postpartum. A lot of times with anxiety, you're really hard on yourself. And I'm really hard on myself. I really am. And the one time I don't have anxiety is when I'm running. When I'm running, I'll think about stuff and I'll say, hey, stop that. Cut it out. Why are you thinking about that? I'll try to replace a negative thought with a positive one. Or sometimes if that negative thought, no matter how many times I thought about something positive, keeps eating at me during, you know, during my run or just during the day, I'll say to myself, okay. What is it about this situation that's bothering you? I'll think that thought through. I'll let it play out of my head. And I'll say, what's the solution? Can you fix it? Or is it something that you just got to take on the chin? And it definitely helps. And I just want to say something out real quick, sidebar. Me just saying it to y'all felt so good. It felt like it was a release. It really felt like it was a release. Like a chemical release. It really was. It really, really, really was. Um... That I'm sorry, I just had to say that. I I feel like it's just so important to continue to just speak so openly about having anxiety, depression, and um especially because so many of us deal with it. And um I normally I'm in my head about oversharing, but I don't care. I really don't because I really had to say to myself, You are stronger than what you think you are. You have endured so much. You really have. In the thirty three years of my life, I took a lot of abuse from so many different angles. I did. I did. I, I allowed so much to eat me alive. It started from the outside all the way to the inside. It did. And I can't I, I can't do it no more. For this for myself most importantly and for my family. I got to I got to find that balance and it's funny because my sign is a Pisces February 24th and um and it's the two fish it's, and it's, the two fish look like the yin and the yang balance I got to find that balance I do because I'm a person who um I'm either all into something or I'm just like disconnected I got to get to that middle I have to that's why sometimes when I do podcasts, I'm talking to y'all like I'm talking so fast because I'm so excited, one, but because anxious, the anxiety, oh, let me get it out, let me get it out, let me say this, let me say this. And I talk so fast, I get tongue-tied. That's why sometimes I go like that. Or I bust out laughing, trying to say something because I'm so anxious, I got to take it down, take it down. And that's what I'm doing. But running, y'all, running is saving my life. Running is saving my relationship. I'm starting to feel sexy again. I am starting to feel beautiful again. And not for nothing, I've been rubbing my legs all day because the coffee scrub that I created, and it's not even like a plug. I'm I'm serious. I'm being so serious. I'm not trying to sell y'all nothing. Like, I'm really not. Like, I haven't even been going. Let's, let, let me just say this first. I haven't been even going hard with my coffee scrub like I should be going because so worried about other things but um that coffee scrub that I created it my skin first of all my skin is like rough 
I've always had rough skin, especially my hands and my feet. Um, my face has always been okay. Like I never really had any issues. Acne, maybe a little since I was like one, like once when I was fourteen, I had episode, and I used Retina Micro, and um, after that, I just put cocoa butter on my face. So from like fourteen up until like thirty-one, I wore cocoa butter religiously. So if you ever see me in person, that's why my face, although it may be hairy, <laughs> PCOS, <laughs> although I may be a little bit of Todd <laughs> and Tasha, um, that shit's smooth though. But the um the coffee scrub definitely is like when I tell you it's a natural exfoliant the granulates and the sugar, um in the coffee it definitely scrapes off the dead skin and I just been rubbing my body all day I've been rubbing my little booty all day I ain't gonna lie to y'all like that coffee scrub is amazing and I just can't wait to really market and push my product because it's like really natural ingredients and you know it's for us it's for for our skin. You know, I've always struggled with finding like soap and all that stuff. Like, and that's why I didn't feel pretty because I'm like, damn, I can't even find the right soap that will make my skin dry. But you know, I just started messing around with ingredients and you know, and I found it and it's like I feel good. I feel really good. My skin is smooth, my hands is not so rough. Now these hills, these hills still a little I got the I got the work on them. But the rest of my feet, it feels good. It it feels good and I feel good. And we have to get in that um that practice, that routine, habitual routine of making ourselves feel good because it's so easy to just worry about everybody else but yourself. And for a lot of us, we worry about our families, we're about our friends, you know. You got to come first. It's okay to be selfish. A lot of times, especially like this summer, I've been saying no. If I can't do it, I can't do it. Because trying to please everybody was putting a strain on my relationship. I remember a few summers ago before I found out I was pregnant with Bakari, um, I brought a cake for, for all my staff that was born in July. And I was just complaining to Ayub that I didn't really have any money like that. And he's like, he see me come back in the house with the cake to put it in the refrigerator because I was getting ready for work. So he like, excuse me, sorry, y'all. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I burped. I'm so sorry. So he's like, you don't have no money really like that until you get paid and you're going to buy a cake for your staff. And I'm like, no, but it's July. It's everybody's birthday. He like, but you can't afford it. Natasha, you cannot afford that. And I'm like, oh, don't tell me what to do. Like, I just blacked out on him and I was dead in the wrong like, I was dead in the wrong, and Ayub is amazing with money. He works with a little bit, and I don't know how he do it. Like, I can work with a little bit, don't get me wrong, but he can work. He really can work. He can go without, and it doesn't, like, it bothers him, I'm sure, but as a man, he do not, he don't say it to me. He just do what he got to do. He do what he got to do. So, that's why I got to just be a better person to my partner. Like, I do recognize that I'd be a better person, and a lot of times... Like as black women, you know, a lot of times we say the men and and and, and we and, and the men do this to us and the men do that to us. But a lot of times it's us. A lot of times we the raggedy ones, because there are some good black men out there. There really are. A lot of times we are the raggedy ones. A lot of times you know we are so damaged that we are so angry that we are so bitchy. We are, and it requires you to take a look at yourself in a mirror and say, hey. Why can't I find a man? What is it about me that's, that these men are running away? And I know that was me. So many men was like, oh, this bitch is crazy. And not for nothing, it was a lot going on with me. And sometimes now I even say to myself, well, maybe I was a little crazy. Because I experienced so much trauma 
in my life, number one. And number two, I just never knew who to be. I didn't know if I wanted to be a, a, a black girl that, that, that spoke with, um, with intelligence, if I wanted to be down, if, if you know, if I, if I wanted to be Spanish. I didn't know I was having an identity crisis for so long. I was. I really was. And don't get me wrong. Um, I wasn't all that bad, but I do recognize now that I'm in, because I'm in a different space and that I go to therapy there were a lot of parts of me that was a that was a lot for a man to deal with because one minute um I'm independent and I'm strong then the next minute I'm just taking care of these men and like that's really what I was doing I remember one time I was um about to go out on a date and um I had a flat tire and so I put the air in the tire I, was, I went to go put the air in the tire and the guy was on the date and was like you got it and I was like yeah get back in the car and when I think about it now, that was so fucking stupid. Why the fuck would I tell him to get back in the car? First of all, why would he get back in the car? But he got back in the car and I put air in the tire. Like, that's how discombobulated and, and just off balance I was and just not knowing. Like, I really just, I had this whole image that I thought that I was upholding, but I really wasn't. I really wasn't like I was so narcissistic and didn't realize it. It was like me, me, me. Everybody look at me, but don't look at me. But I want you to look at me. I was really all over the place. So I can see why some relationships, you know, didn't even come off the, the, the didn't take off, didn't come off the ground. And it was some men that even when I was like 19, it was so nice to me. This one guy I dated. He had got a cell phone and everything for me in his name. And his mom told him, don't do it. He literally was trying to give me the world. And I was like, nah, I'm good. I didn't want that. He let me use his laptop. <laughs> everything. And I was like, I I'm not going to lie to you. I did have that personality that if I would have like really honed. No, I, that's that's not what I was trying to say. I, I thought I was using that word right. And I don't even think I pronounced it right. If I would have really just focused and perfected that talent that some women have to get men to eat out of the palm of their hands. I, not for nothing. I would. I, I, you know, I, I probably would have been somewhere with a with a rich man. I just didn't know how to be that person. I didn't even know how to ask for money. I didn't. I never seen my mom ask my dad for shit. But child support that he owed. So, you know, I, I didn't know how to, like, how some women know how to manipulate the, I did not know how to do that. Not financially. I didn't because I'm like, I'm independent. I just, I was not, I'm just awkward, y'all. I didn't know how to do none of that. I didn't. I mean, okay. Uh, all right. Let me stop playing like I'm that awkward. Like some shit I knew what I was doing. I knew how I'm, I, I did. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I did. But, you know, let me, let me just say, I am happy that. I am not that person anymore, you know, and I and I really do. I have to make it up to my partner big time. I do, I really do, because I do realize that um, I am a lot to do with. Black women are a lot to do with, but it doesn't mean that um, you stop loving us, because you know, black men come with their shit too. They do. And so sometimes it is hard when you are trying to be a better black woman, when you got to deal with your black man stuff too. Don't get me wrong. You got shit with him too. He does. He does. So I'll say this. It's hard to really coexist with each other. But it can be done. It can be done therapy, communicating with each other. And a lot of us, we're so used to thinking physically because nine times out of ten, we fucking first, flat out. 
Now, I'm not saying relationships don't take flight after that, but a lot of times, because a lot of us are hypersexual, we don't even get to experience who that person really is because we just want the fuck. You know what I'm saying? And if that man is not mature enough to say, you know, we did have sex, but I still want to get to know her, you're just going to keep finding yourself in these situations where y- your numbers are just racking up. And it's probably because you don't know how to communicate in no other way. It could be because somebody disrupted that when you were very young. So that's all you do know. You know, I feel like the black woman is so complex. We come with so much, you know, so many layers that it it, it takes a tough man to handle that. It takes a, a man of understanding to handle that, to stick it out. But um, shout out to my baby daddy, yo. We're going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. We did a podcast um a while ago, um, and we were like literally just laying in the bed. I don't, it was Bakari. I want to say Bakari was in his room sleeping. and um Or, yeah, he was in his room sleeping. And we just was laying in the bed, just with the phone in the middle of the bed, talking to y'all. <laughs> like, I got to go back and edit it, but... um. It's it's cool to have have a partner that's like more so because sometimes well we in this phase right now where we more so besties than in partners than in a relationship. Your relationship will go through waves and phases, and you know that's the phase we're in right now. And it's always good to at least have that. If you don't have nothing, your foundation let that foundation be that strong that you can still maintain a friendship. And so. And maintaining that friendship, that's how we're working on bettering our partnership. And that's how we're working on, you know, becoming um, better parents. So. That running, boy. I'm going to bring it back. (laughs) That running is definitely um, allowing me to be able to have this open dialogue with y'all, you know. Um, Do I call it open dialogue? How do you use how how is open dialogue? How is the expression used? I'm not, I think maybe I used it right. I'm not sure. But the running, the exercising, and feeling free, it is allowing me to just speak so freely and just have have this conversation with you guys, you know. Um, and I love that a lot of times I, I say, wait, should I have said that? Can I say that? Like, I, I love that I do that. Like, I, I do. Like, I don't even, I used to be in my head, like, they don't think you dumb. Like, y'all know damn well I'm not dumb. Y'all have heard me use words and articulate myself. And you know that I, that I'm, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> um, but again, it's, you know, when you are like, okay, I'll say this writing and typing papers and and all that stuff like that's different but when when you are speaking how you just normally speak like you you gonna fudge up some words (laughs) you really are so i know sometimes i do that but i just laugh at it because it's like i mean it's an informal conversation informal conversation we friends y'all we're together we friends i'm sorry y'all scratched my head i done slid down the couch you got comfortable but um I do encourage you all, um, whether male or female, to just get up and get active. You know, it's important to do so. Um, even with eating, I, I, I'm, I'm like a fit fat person because I eat really healthy, but sometimes my body is not shaped like I do. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to y'all. So I gotta get again balance because sometimes I'll eat like really really healthy and then I'll crash and I'll just like eat snacks and after I have Bakari, like. 
first of all, I ate snacks all throughout my pregnancy until they um, diagnosed me with um, gestational diabetes from having the PCOS. So I used to have to give myself the insulin shot, which I hated so much because I do not like needles. I have tattoos and I don't have piercings and all of that stuff, but I do not like needles. So the first thing I had to give myself a needle, I carried on. Like my hands were shaking. I was having a panic attack and Ayub is removed. He is really removed. I will say that. So he was just watching me like melt sitting in that bed trying to poke myself. And he like, so it's a matter of life and death. So you and your son going to die if you don't do it. Like he really is militant. And I was looking at him like, well, thanks, motherfucker. Well, shit. Well, thank you, coach. I was scared. And now you made me petrified. <laughs> but having a gestational diabetes, I really had to change my diet. So graham crackers and peanut butter became my best friend. But I freaking hated it i freaking hated it so much and y'all want to know what's so funny my baby loves graham crackers he loves them but Kari, he can eat them all day long and before like i used to just give him like you know how it comes in like four i would give him a quadrant and send him on about his business but since dad is home with him all day long dad really knows what he you know that he, he could take whole crackers down i didn't know they could take it down a whole sheet i did not know that so when I kept giving him a little piece and he kept coming back to me, Ayub saw my face and he like, no, you can give him a whole sheet and he'll be fine. And I'm like, damn, little baby. <laughs> oh, you got your parents' appetite. Because <laughs> I ain't going to lie to y'all. I, I, sometimes I be dogging shit. It did sometimes like I'll, I'll eat like really, really healthy and my family will laugh like, you making you making food that tastes like uh, I mean that smell like meat and it's really not meat it's like probably like chickpeas peppers onions and uh cabbage and shit like that but then I had those moments where you know I'm I, I want to make soul food and and a good thing is that I do know how to cook so I can burn in the kitchen when it comes to, like soul food but the simplest things I just I can't make like I can't make tuna fish right I, I can't I cannot seem to make it but Ayub can perfect the fuck out of some tuna fish and he can make the fuck out of one-on's and one-on's is oodles and noodles with egg salad and you can put tuna in there too he makes that shit so good when i tell you i have an orgasm like every time i'm not gonna lie to y'all like and i i'm sorry it's my my podcast is not for the squeamish when i eat that i be like oh my god i want to have sex with my partner right now that's how good he makes his one-on's that's so good he eat his with bread but i'm like uh-uh see because ayub has athletic build to him already and no matter what he eat he just it's just going to go into his muscle absorb it and he gonna still just look like a chocolate superman but the way my body's set up i'm not eating all that bread because the noodles is enough bread for me already i could just eat it eat it eat it and he makes it so good oh my god i want to have a baby with him every time every time he talk i want to have a baby with him every time he make one ones i want to have a baby with him <laughs> it's just so good i just be talking y'all i just be talking but anyway i i really do encourage you guys to start to pick healthier alternatives um when it comes to to, to eating i don't like to say dieting because i hate that word I man, I done tried everything since I was like 11 years old with dieting, and I wasn't even big. As I was tall, and I had really big muscular arms, and my legs are to die for. Even my boobs, although my boobs were big, my stomach was flat. Like my well, my butt flat too, but you know, my stomach and butt being flat, it was okay because I still had the muscles. It was fine, but as I got older, you know, and my stomach started to get bigger, then I started to look a little funny, you know. So I had to, yeah, I'm getting that in, I'm getting that together. I never really focused on glutes, though. So I'm definitely making my business with the running and just 
taking I use classes to really sculpt my butt. I don't want no big butt. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I probably shared this before. I used to like pray that when I woke up on Christmas, my butt was gonna be big. I did. That's how I thought as a kid. Like, and it's sad because I mean, I'm joking about it, but I was like 10 years old and like in a bathroom, like, God, please, when I wake up, please let me have a butt. Because, you know, kids are mean. And I, and you know, I, don't get me wrong, I tease kids too. I tease girls for not having titties. You know, because that's all I had, shit. So that's what you're going to get cracked on. You don't got what I got, nan, nan, nan. But then I ain't had what other girls had. So, you know, nan, nan, nan to me, I guess. <laughs> I just be, yo, I'm sorry. I be cracking my fucking self up. You had, you know, you got to laugh at yourself. Sometimes when I'm listening to my podcast, like to edit it, or if my good girlfriend, Blanca, hey, gangsta boo, um, shout out to her and her partner Jen for their um their t-shirt brand, Two Locos brand. Um, shout out to my brown people. I love y'all. We the same, y'all. We the same. We just dropped off on different islands. I love y'all. But um, whenever Blanca um reaches out to me and just tell me about my you know uh, my feedback from her feedback from my podcast, like I'll go back and listen to it sometimes, and like I will be cracking up, and and I'll be like to myself like, do that make you like borderline Kanye? <laughs> Oh, well, I'm just going to be fucking Kanye. Because I'll be laughing at myself like, bitch, you is funny and you is a genius. What will make you say that? <laughs> Listen, you got the love on yourself. This is what my whole podcast, this is what this episode is about. Love it on yourself. And I literally was walking around yesterday, the park. I, I got in um 12,000 steps that whole day yesterday. But 9,000 was accumulated in an hour of walking around um the park across the street from my school. And, um... I feel good about it. I think that's my, that's not like my family. So the noise is about to start coming. So I'm about to wrap it up because <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it as polished and professional as possible. Like y'all gonna get a little bit of ratchet, but not too much, not too much. Not calling my family ratchet, but you get what I'm trying to say. I still want to be professional. It is a podcast. So, and that shit made me forget what I was saying. Oh yeah. But I was walking around the park and I was listening to myself and I was cracking up. Like people was looking at me that was in the park, like whatever she listening to, she weak. It was myself. I was laughing at myself because my girlfriend Blanca told me, you know, she was giving my feedback. So I went back to listen to what she was talking about and I was cracking up like I'm doing now. You got to be able to laugh at yourself. You have to. And me being a person who like really starting to get into um, wanting to do like comedy, like in my own way, which is right now the platform that I have, which is this podcast, you know, I pay attention more to, to, to comedy and I pay attention more to comics and so, and comedians, so, you know, it's what, I mean, it's the same thing, but, um, I really do crack myself up, I do, and I hope that I make y'all laugh too, you know, so, whenever you are having a crazy day, I'm gonna do my best to make sure your day is not so bad, because I watch, like, a lot of stuff on Instagram, a, a lot of different skits, I can't even tell y'all their names right now, but, like, I follow, like, a lot of, um, black, uh, people black um young men who cross dress and it's so funny to me like I don't even look at the fact that they're doing that like I don't because yeah I'm, you know I listen to Dr. Umar I you been I build about stuff like that but I don't give a fuck it's still funny it's, and they make me laugh and you know you gotta pass you know you gotta uh, pay it forward so I hope that my podcast ch- change your day because when I look at other people that look like me have a good time and, and, and dress up like how our grandmother's dress and our aunt's dress and they act like them it's funny so you know 
We have a job to do. Those of us that can do it, let's let's do it. Let's make people laugh. Let's make people feel good. Let's heal. And I, and I hope that I am healing y'all by having this crazy ass personality. You know, I took my trauma and I turned it into triumph. And this is my triumph. This is me. This is my victory lap by letting you guys know like that shit did not break me. You know, I... I can't even begin to explain to you a lot of the shit that I endured in life that I didn't want to be here. Like, I really wanted to commit suicide. Like, seriously, all jokes aside. But laughter saved me. It really did. Like, laughter. It really saved me. Laughing. And 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 even though I was in these dark spaces, still producing material and people saying to me, you funny as fuck, or I love your um your vlog, you know, about self-care, you know, being in these dark spaces, but still trying to pour into people because I just feel like that's the light that I was given, you know, not the job. I don't like to say job in this sense. It's just the lights that I was given, you know, so I'm. I hope that I can make y'all day better any way that I can. I hope so. And, you know, part of my therapy is to consistency, consistency. And it's funny because my son does all the time to me now. And he does it like when I say something to him, like, Bakari, put that down. So I know he understand me. But <laughs> anyway, I want to push out as much material as I can um, consistently push it out. Um, whenever I have a vibe, whenever I'm feeling, you know, down or even in a good mood, I'm gonna try to share with y'all as much as I can. But I will say this, when you see me get ghosts, it's because now I got to recharge. I got to pour into my own self, you know? So, um, I might take a, take some time out, but I'll be back. I will be back. Not right now. Not right now, but in due time, I'm gonna have to take a break. Because beautiful things are happening for me. And I can't wait to share it with you guys. I am learning how to allow it to happen and then share. I've always been a person who, oh, I'm this, I'm that. And part narcissism, but also a part like just wanting people to like me. And now I'm in a space like, I don't give a fuck if you don't like me. My baby like me. Baby B rock with his mommy. That's the homie right there. I, I um put him in the shower with me today. And then I oiled him up with some... um coconut oil and when he was done i put his little pamper on his onesie i was like oh boy you fresh gang 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 and he started dancing and throwing his fingers up like gang 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 <laughs> listen my baby's smart he he gonna be book smart too and we do educational stuff with him but his mother is a clown and his mother is ghetto so ayub is the serious militant one his mom is the fun one it is reverse well that's usually dads are the fun one I'm the fun one. Dad is serious. Him and dad had a moments where they funny, but I'm the funny one. So when he, whenever I'm going to try to get him to do it for y'all, gang, gang, gang. It's just so funny because it's so innocent. Like he's, I, I pray that my baby, you know, don't go down that path because we done lost so many young brothers to it. But it's just so funny when I say gang, 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 and he went, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> My baby rock with me. We rock with each other in our own way. You know, I, I felt like as a mother, I had to like do so much. I got to be superwoman. And you, you, you don't have to be, especially when you have a partner who rocks with you. And even if, you know, for whatever reason, I, you've been out part ways, I still know that that's my rock and that my son is going to be okay. Because his dad, you know, I could be Wonder Woman and he could be, um, what do I want him to be? I want him to be Black Lightning. <laughs> You know, we gonna still be the superheroes together. 
Um, and sometimes dad is just going to be at 90% and his mama only going to have 10 because I'm a working mom. You know, I'm a mom who wants to do a lot of things. I want to be an entrepreneur and dad is riding my wave. And I'm so thankful for that because he's trying to get his own business off the ground with fitness. So, you know, we're rocking out with each other, but dad is really being supportive and dad is really holding me up and letting me rock. So I appreciate dad for that. And, um, I can't wait for you guys to hear more podcasts with us because I just could listen to him talk all day long. He's just so insightful. I think I learned something new every day talking to you, little <sighs> loving self. I was going to say something petty, but <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think I've held you guys captive long enough. Wow, 43 minutes. Damn, I thought I was only talking for 15. <laughs> but um, I thank you guys for listening to the Holly Melanated Podcast Show. I am your host, Natasha Monique. And you guys be blessed. Peace.